Hello and welcome to Starside Chat. I I did it again where I almost said cafe. <laughs> it happens every time and it literally has happened twice now because this is the second time we started this. Anyway, this is uh, episode 20 of Starside Chat and I am one of the hosts, Zach, and joining me is Aaron. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. It's been a little bit of time since we recorded one of these. It has. It has been way too long, and a lot's been going on. We kind of have a lot to talk about. Uh, so why don't we just dive right in, and uh, we'll start off with Google's Project Stream, which we just did a video about the other day. It's that project where you can basically just stream Assassin's Creed Odyssey in the Chrome browser, sort of like the old Flash games that we used to play when we were younger back uh, in the old days yeah back in the old days so well i guess maybe we can recap it a little bit what was your impressions of project stream uh very positive uh you know it's completely browser-based you're sort of just loading into their server and you just play assassin's creed just instantly it was crazy like i got my email saying that hey you're confirmed or whatever and then i just like click the button. I clicked like three buttons and all of a sudden I was playing Assassin's Creed. I didn't have to download anything and the fidelity was insane and the latency was near undetectable. So I have nothing but positive things to say about this experience. Yeah, so my experience hasn't been quite as strong as yours. I, it's still very much playable and I've really been enjoying the, the game itself. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, just the idea of streaming the game it's very much dependent on your internet speed not necessarily like your hardware so actually the hardware is completely taken out of it so yeah my internet is not great and it's been particularly (laughs) bad lately when i've actually been trying to play uh the game so i don't know that i would want to play the entirety of the game this way i i think i'd prefer to like download it and actually play it on my hardware but yeah, for people who have faster internet than me or, or like a more consistently stable connection, mm-hmm. then yeah, this would this is awesome. Especially since since it's in beta right now, it's free and they're basically giving you Assassin's Creed Odyssey until January. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I really want to see the deal they made with uh, Google. We talked about this in the video, but I can't imagine. I mean, they must have some partnership with Ubisoft because they're basically just giving free copies of this game out. I mean, it's timed, but still. Yeah, I do wonder what the details of that deal were and whether or not they're going to have like more Ubisoft coming up. Like, what if uh, The Division 2 ends up being uh, like a Project Stream game? Man, that would be crazy. Spoilers for something we're going to talk about a little later. So I guess uh, let's we can leave it there since we have a video about this. Maybe I'll link it in the show notes, but we can move on to the next thing. And the next thing is another beta, Fallout seventy six. Yes. Now you are you have already you've watched people playing this because it launched on Xbox today as we're recording this, and I haven't really watched anything about it, so I'm eager to hear your impressions. Yeah, so the Xbox One uh, beta has launched already, so people are playing that on Steam, or not on Steam, on uh, (laughs) on stream, uh, for on like YouTube and Twitch and everything. So you you can literally watch this game being played right now, uh, and then the PC and PlayStation Four beta 
will start on October 30th. And from what I hear, you basically can, the beta is going to run right up until the launch of the game and your progress will carry over. So basically you have Fallout 76 (laughs) at this point. They're not adding anything? Like, are there any limits to the beta? I don't think so. I think it, well, so the only limits are that I think the, uh, the beta is running in like windows of like four hours at a time. Oh, so, interesting. so it's not like you you can play it just anytime you want, but I guess as long as you're playing within that window, I don't think they've imposed any limits on uh, players. So basically, yeah, you can start now if you're on Xbox One and you just have the game. I mean, it's buggy because it is a beta and they're going to be making uh, improvements as they go. But uh, yeah, I guess... If you're willing to sort of deal with the bugs, uh, then you just have Fallout 76 from now on. Well, I think this is smart because this is what we were going to talk about next. Bethesda came out with a statement being like, hey, guess what? There's probably going to be crazy bugs in this. So I think this is a way of uh, like cleaning up those bugs with community help, a whole like so long in advance before actually getting it into consumers hands who haven't signed up for the beta so this whole like this is like the most beta beta we've seen in a while like it probably is broken in a lot of ways and the community is gonna help fix that before the actual launch so i guess it makes sense to me that they're metting out so much time to play it yeah i mean they did say it was a break it early test application which Mm -hmm. is a really clever uh, acronym for beta but uh from what i've seen the frame rate's not great uh it drops a lot of frames and uh so you have to deal with that but basically it looks like fallout 4 graphically but mm. the lighting looks like it's been improved since then. But otherwise, it looks very similar. Right now, it has some issues with frame rate and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's a ton of other bugs as well. But uh, Well, so that, you watched a fair amount of it, right? Are there any, do you have any takeaways, any surprises? Not so far. A uh, person I was watching uh, stream it, they knew like their like window to play the game was gonna end soon, so they they were like, let's get into some like PvP combat, and they walked, <laughs> they like went into an area. They're like, all right, we found this guy, we've got him alone, we're gonna take him out because he was playing with this other guy, mm-hmm. and the person that they were trying to kill had like set up turrets all over the place (laughs) and so they're like oh my gosh there's turrets everywhere so they like basically walked into a trap and didn't realize it and they're like this guy wins fallout 76 he's like the the expert player at fallout 76 already he knows what he's doing because the the turrets are like kind of hard to destroy Mm -hmm. but yeah they i think they did eventually kill him and then he spawned again like nearby and so it was just like this sort of back and forth thing for a little while but Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't know how much i will really get into doing like pvp stuff in it but it's i guess fun for people that are like into that but i also think they've They've said a lot about ways they've implemented that so that you can kind of avoid it if you don't want to be involved in that. So Yeah, I think they even said like the first five or maybe even 15 levels 
you just are unaffected by other player characters. You have to reach a certain threshold before you can actually start taking part in PvP so that they you just can't get like griefed immediately. Yeah, so I think for sure you can't even get involved in PvP until after you're like over level 5, I think is what mm-hmm. it was, but but yeah, even then I think like people can shoot you and if you don't like respond then they do like so little damage to you that it it you know you can basically just ignore them mm-hmm. and i think you can even like go into the settings and turn off pvp or something like that if you really want to oh. so yeah they've they've given the option so I'll, I'll be curious to see what that's like i may try to get into the beta on uh, october 30th on pc uh but obviously another big game is coming up that may keep me from doing that, uh, which Zach, is our next story, actually. How big is the Red Dead Redemption 2 download size? It is 99 gigabytes. 99 gigabytes. Isn't that insane? That is enormous, but you can start downloading it now. I think it's been available to download for the past couple days, even. Zach, here's my dilemma. I want to get a disc of it. And so I was just going to go to Walmart at midnight, but I also want to preload it, but I, I can't pre-order it from Walmart, I don't think. What should I do? Uh, I think you should just pre-order the download and preload it. Can I do it. that? Yeah. You could do it straight from your PS4. But then I want the disc, though. Why do you need the disc? I don't know. I just like to have the case. Hmm. It'll probably come with like a cool map. Yeah. Do you look at those often? I mean, when we picked up our Switches, I got that Zelda poster, which was nice. And I think when I picked up, oh man, what was it? This is a while ago. But when I picked up Deus Ex, the first uh, Human Revolutions, uh, they gave me a really cool poster of that as well at Walmart. So I think, I don't know, I I guess I kind of want a poster, but I also kind of just want the disc just to have. But yeah, I don't know. I mean... Like, people do still love, like, physical media, and it is nice to get the little extras. Like, they will, like, fold up a map and put it on the inside a lot of the time. Or, like, Mm. if you pre-order something and you go pick it up at, like, midnight, they may give you, like, a poster or something, uh, which is very cool. My dilemma is it feels so, like, old-fashioned to, like, go pre-order something from, like, GameStop or something (laughs) like that and then just, like, stand in a line at midnight waiting Mm -hmm. for it when you could just like download it and then at midnight you're already playing and everybody else is like at the store still it's a good point i just i also i mean 99 gigs uh i mean i guess ps4 is maybe at the kind of end of its life cycle but it's like a lot of gigs to just i mean i have destiny uh completely digitally and that's taking up a fair bit of space but i don't know i mean i guess i'll play a bunch of red dead but yeah i was gonna ask how much storage space do you have on your ps4 I have to check. Maybe that'll be the determining factor. If I have, like, a ton of gigs, I might just say, screw it and get the digital. But I really, I did really want that disc. Well, so I have uh, a terabyte hard drive that I've, like, plugged in and formatted for use with my PS4. So I just have games uh, set to automatically download to my hard drive. So Mm -hmm. I should be fine in terms of space. Because if I guess if I want to avoid like the line, I could go to Walmart, but I don't know. I hate Walmart, 
so much. <laughs> and like my local Walmart is really bad as well. Like for one, it's like Shank City over there. You just you never know. I I don't want to go there at midnight. It's not the best, but also like I've gone there before and it's really like you walk into the back where the like video games are and you you have to like track down an employee and they like don't want to be there and it's you have to actually tell them oh hey by the way it's midnight you can sell me this and but they (laughs) have to like go into the back and grab a box and open it like they're not prepared at all for a game like this to launch at midnight Mm -hmm. so it's usually not a good experience even though like you don't normally have to deal with a line there so i don't know i i'll probably end up trying to download it but then again like my internet's terrible but Mm. i guess i do have plenty of time between now and then to like let my terrible internet try to download the (laughs) a million gigs but i don't know i haven't decided yet but one way or another i'm gonna play this game as am i and we will talk all about it i'm sure it's like all i'm gonna do over the weekend i mean i guess I, i have a weekend job that i have to go to but when i'm not at that job all i'm gonna be doing is playing this game i will be as well but another interesting thing that has popped up recently is rumors for Destiny 3. Now, you said you have not uh, looked into these, right? I saw the article. I did not read it. Okay. So, the first thing that it's saying is that Guardians will have their abilities expanded to include powers of darkness, which is probably going to mean new subclasses and new supers. Yeah, but what do they mean by darkness? Good question. Like Uh, Sith Lords, or is that what we're talking about? The dark side I, of the I mean, force. Who can say? I'm very interested to see like what a hunter or like anything becomes when it's like a dark hunter. Like that to me says like an entire like a three new subclasses was what that says to me. But anyway, yeah, maybe the you other like, interesting thing get taken powers or something. I don't know. I mean, I, are taken the darkness? I don't even know. Yeah, I guess I, I, nobody knows. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, we were talking about um, the division earlier. The other thing it said was that there was going to be a PvEVP zone like the Dark Zone in the Division, where you fight for territory. Really? But I don't know how much I want that, to be honest. <laughs> the other thing uh, they said is Europa is going to be a key location in Destiny 3, which was in the original concept art when Des- before like Destiny 1 was released. But I don't know. The Darkness Zone was something I found very interesting about The Division. And I enjoyed, like, the risk-reward of that. I would be interested to see how it's implemented in Destiny 3. And if they... I don't know. I feel like uh, I am pro-Destiny right now. You know, it comes in cycles every year. Is like, for a couple months, you're pro-Destiny, and then you're kind of not pro-Destiny. And I'm still in my pro-Destiny phase, so I'm looking forward to whatever Destiny 3 is. But, you know, who can say... They got a lot of backlash from Destiny 2 looking very similar to Destiny 1, so I don't know if they would, like, mix things up art style-wise. Wouldn't that be insane if it had, like, a like a kind of refreshed look to it? I would enjoy that. Yeah, that would be cool. What are your, like, what's your hopes for Destiny 3? Well, like you said, like, our interest and enjoyment of Destiny kind of comes in phases, and I think a lot of that was tied to the fact that... Um, like the content like drops were so spread out and so they were always 
like we would get super into it whenever some new content would drop, but then we would like fade away from it and just not touch it for months until the next content mm-hmm. drop. I think that's changing though now with this the the way they're doing things now with the annual pass and the Forsaken DLC and they have the Black Armory coming up and like right now uh spoilers for some stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit but they're they're doing like the Festival of the Lost uh yeah. so they have like an event going on right now and They've been good about events. Like, there's that Shattered Throne thing that happened. I feel like every week there's something new. Like, they've been good about there not being a drought. Yeah, and they've they've added, like, small story missions to play through just about every week. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. Maybe those, the, like, phases of being into and not into Destiny is, like, kind of a thing of the past. So That would be great. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that how they build off of that for destiny three. I don't really care about the dark zone that much. That was not a thing I really cared about doing with the division. And that was one of the reasons why, cause that was like one of their big, basically their in game thing. And I just didn't really care about it. I don't like, I don't play modes like that very often. It's kind of the same reason why I like wasn't into sea of thieves or, mm. Um, like GTA Free Roam. Like I just find those modes kind of pointless after a while. Like I'm sure they added stuff to it, but like when it first launched, there just wasn't a lot there. You would basically go in. Uh, there might be some like enemy AI to take out, and you might get some cool drops from that. But basically, there was no way to guarantee that you could keep that stuff. And there was uh, otherwise it was yeah, you would just have to fight. Uh, other players and mm-hmm. if you did that then you were wanted so people would be incentivized to kill you so like I get why people are maybe into that like why that is interesting to some people it's like I would much rather just have like a standard PvP mode than that or like something like uh, Gambit where it's it is PvPVE mm-hmm. but it's done in like uh a, a much more structured way that kind yeah. of turns it into a, an interesting game. So I don't know. I want them to make more modes like Gambit and not necessarily pull from the division. Yeah. Is there a killer like feature or like a, something you hope that destiny three has in it that destiny two does not have? I think you're talking about battle Royale. I mean, that's definitely one thing. I don't know how they would do that. Uh, that I mean, a Destiny Battle Royale is, like, how, how would they do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't think of how that would actually play out, but I don't know. So that's why I think Bungie's interesting, because they, they always come up with interesting modes. Like, mm-hmm. who uh, sort of foresaw Gambit coming? Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, and it's, like, one of the most fun things they've added to the series since the launch of the game. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see what ideas they have, and I want them to sort of think outside of the box like that, where they come up with new modes that maybe aren't just, like, a straight ripoff of something somebody else has already done. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Did you have something in mind? No, not really. I was trying to think about it while you were talking about like what 
would be a cool thing that I would be super into. I don't know. I think just like the gear is always what brings me back to Destiny. So interesting gear. I'm trying to think of like a cool, crazy feature that I would enjoy, but I can't really, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely in favor of them also making more strikes that are feel more like mini raids. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and they've been doing much better with that lately. The The recent strikes they've added have been some of the best they've ever made. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just want more of that type of a thing because you do end up playing strikes pretty often, especially when you get to the end game. Like mm-hmm. you'll run your weekly strikes for your powerful rewards. And I just, as long as those are interesting, because like you and I aren't going to be doing the raids, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like there's a time commitment with those and I I like more bite-sized content and so that strikes and so if they can make those a little bit more elaborate the way they have been I think that they're on the right track I agree with that um should we move on I think uh in a later episode we should do a, like a dream features for destiny 3 thing because i think i can come up with some interesting things yeah i think that yeah that's a good idea we should definitely do uh like what we want most in destiny 3 i wanted to do a quick shout out uh one of the first videos we did was about that game ion maiden which released a beta sort of like test level on steam which i loved it was like made in the build engine so it looks like old school old school like uh duke nukem but a uh, very fun game, and I played through that first mission a bunch of times just because I, I love that style of game. And it's not out yet, but when it comes out, it's also coming out uh, for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, which is great. I think uh, I already own this because I already bought it on Steam, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I, would, I haven't played a first-person shooter on Switch yet, and uh, I love a classic FPS. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, because Switch is listed in there, that's, like, the the one you would want to play this on. But, uh, right, yeah. But, yeah, I, when is this coming out? I'm kind of surprised it's not out yet. So just yeah, because... 2019. Yeah, it kind of fell off the map. They released that uh, Queen of the Hill mode and just, like, a couple other little things on the Steam beta. But it's been a little quiet. But they say 2019, so I don't know that they said a quarter, but... I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so next up, I already kind of teased this, is uh, Destiny 2 Festival of, Lo- of the Lost is not the only uh, game that has a special event going on right now. It's Halloween time. I don't know if you know this Whoa. because it is October. And I, I like holiday events a lot. Like I'm super into them. Whenever a game has a holiday event, uh, it really makes me want to jump back into it. And mm-hmm. it feels crazy right now because there's a lot of, like, online games that are sort of games as service. And they're pretty much all doing a Halloween event of some sort at this point. And uh, I've, I played a little last week of uh, some of the new stuff they have. They have the – it's like the Infinite Forest. I don't think – I don't remember if that's what they're calling it, but it's like No, this, it's called, like, the Nightmare Forest or something. Yeah, something like that. And uh, it's actually, it's pretty fun. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing more of that. And yeah, just the way they've decorated the towers. So they've got some cool stuff going on there. 
And I think at some point there's going to be that uh, mission where you have to solve the murder of that one cryptarch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's all very interesting and exciting. And of course, Overwatch is doing the Dr. Drunkenstein's Revenge for their Halloween event again. And I always like it's become a tradition at this point where I always uh, at least a few weeks leading up to Halloween will jump in and play enough Dr. Drunkenstein's Revenge to get all my uh, arcade loot boxes for the week. So I've been enjoying that as well. And then also Pokemon Go, their Halloween event, I think, started today, actually, where like they've added some new like Gen 4 starters to the game. And so now with the Halloween event, they've added a few more Gen 4 uh, Pokemon. And so Ghost and Dark type Pokemon from Gen 4 should be spawning uh, more frequently and there's some like new special research tasks and oh man you can earn double candy for every catch during this event and also um, new legendary Pokemon Giratina uh, Gen 4 legendary is the legendary raid boss until November 20 so yeah it's a it's a pretty exciting time for like live games at this point because they're yeah they're all doing something interesting and they all have to compete with each other so everybody's like one-upping each other i guess but (laughs) the only one i'll probably partake in is the festival of lost i've played a little bit of it and i like that uh midnight forest or nighttime nightmare forest or whatever a lot um i might play a little pokemon go but i will say that all of these things are competing against one thing yeah and that's call of duty yeah um do they have i think they also had uh, a pop-up when i was in black ops 4 the other day that said something about how they were also doing like a double xp weekend or something i don't know if that really if they that was just for the weekend or if that was like a special halloween type of a thing that was supposed to last like the whole week or not but Anyway, yes, I've been playing some Black Ops 4 because I think we talked about it on an earlier show where I got ended up getting locked in to, to Black <laughs> Ops 4. And, like, my initial beta impressions of the game, I wasn't, like, super into it. Uh, but I didn't play very much of it at that point. But I will say... I've been really enjoying it, which was surprising to me because I kind of expected to like maybe enjoy it a little bit at first, but eventually to get really frustrated with it and to just kind of stop playing it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I've, I've had fun with it. I think it is still an enjoyable game. And I actually was surprised that I enjoyed zombies mode. Uh, you can just like match make and join up with some randoms. Obviously, you're not gonna, you know, make it super far if you do it that way. But you can still like get in and I don't know, get a little bit of fun out of that mode and then just like get out again. But uh, you have written in here. Shout out to Dan who worked on it. Our former coworker Dan. Is that who you're talking our about? Our former coworker and our friend Zach. He is a good friend of ours. He is. And, uh, I didn't. He know, worked on this game. I didn't know this. Yeah, he texted me about it because he knew we were interested in a uh, blackout and things like that. He's like, "Hey, man, I am totally working on this." And I forget exactly what he said he was doing. He usually does like previs stuff, so I assume he worked on uh, like some of the sequences. 
But uh, shout out to Dan, who is a great guy and uh, an all-around cool dude. Yeah, there are, uh, I guess there are cinematics for, like, each of the specialists. And those all look really good. I wonder if he worked on that. I had no idea about this until uh, literally just before we started the show when I looked at the show notes, so... Yeah, now he's working at uh, Paramount, according to his Snapchat. So I don't know what he's doing at Paramount, but he's a man about town in California. Yeah, he he basically runs L.A. at this point. He's <laughs> he's doing it all, and he makes he makes the movie. So if you have ever watched a movie in the theater, chances are Dan was the uh, driving force behind that movie. He's a creative mastermind. <laughs> uh, all the good ones, anyway. Zach, uh, the thing that I'm most excited about for Black for Call of Duty is something I think you have not touched, which is Blackout. I keep putting it off because I want to play it with someone. I like it's yeah. like it seems so intimidating to me to like one versus one hundred. Whereas like if we had a group of you know three of us or whatever, I don't know how big the squads get. It's probably four, but like if we had a group, I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think I texted it to you where I was like, I, I've just been like running around in the regular multiplayer modes just because I'm like solo queuing. So I can just kind of like run around and do whatever and not care too much about it. But like mm-hmm. if I was in a group, I feel like blackout would be way more fun than the regular like multiplayer modes. So I don't know. I've been putting it off. And I know this is the thing that you're like most excited about. And if you owned the game, it would be the only thing you're playing in it. Yeah, that's true. I would not touch the regular multiplayer or zombies. Probably, I would only be playing Blackout. Yeah, and I, that's probably the case for a lot of people. But I don't know. I, as someone who like was really into Call of Duty back in the day, it's kind of brought me back to the series in a way I didn't think would happen. Because, like I said, I haven't played Call of Duty in years. I think the last Call of Duty I played was uh, the first Black Ops. and But I played a ton of them uh, up to that point. And then I just kind of got burnt out on it. But this one sort of changes it up just enough to make it interesting again. And then, yeah, on top of that, you've got Blackout, which is this entirely new thing for Call of Duty. Uh, and I also texted you that I did kind of say that this was going to happen. You didn't respond because I don't think you want to acknowledge it. But Blackout is now right up there with Fortnite at the top of like the Twitch streaming or whatever. And PUBG is like dying down in a big way. Like they're they're like usually around maybe ten thousand viewers or less which is still like a sizable number like that game is not dead but yeah black ops has stolen a lot of the audience from that game so Mm -hmm. i'm just saying i did say that that would happen red dead redemption is coming out zach (laughs) you still don't want to acknowledge it do you you love to hate PUBG. I i don't hate PUBG. i just uh you have such glee. Whenever something happens with PUBG, you text me. I'm like, look at this. I was right. I mean, I had fun with PUBG when I was playing it with you, but mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It, I haven't played it in a long time, so I don't know how it's changed or improved or not, but 
I don't know. I just I saw the writing on the wall is all. I'm not like anti PUBG, but mm-hmm. you could tell that like once like a big name that has like a huge audience and huge sales figures every year, like it's not different enough from like those franchises. That's why Fortnite continues to be the number one game is because it's it's doing something different that not a lot of other games are doing just like in its art style and with it's, its free and with its build mechanic and yeah the fact that it's free and it's literally on every device imaginable <laughs> so it's kind of actually sad for PUBG cuz they were like on top of the world and now some other game has come along basically stolen their idea and like i don't know pulled the rug out from underneath them but anyway, we don't have to go into that in detail. I just wanted to bring it up, and now we can move on to the big story, Red Dead Redemption 2. I am so jacked for this. We've already talked about it. Uh, I still don't know, uh, hearkening back to our previous conversation, I don't know if I'm going to preload it or what, but I'm definitely going to be playing it, and I want to know your hopes and speculations for this. Like, what are you most excited about? The story, the mechanics, the world? Like, what has you excited for this? Everything. Like, what is it? I mean, it is everything. I I think it's, like, you said there was dialogue options, right? Not only are there dialogue options. I was thinking about this today. I think, you know, Rockstar changes the game whenever they release a new game in some way. Like, they shift a paradigm. Like, uh, GTA 4... GTA 5, both of those were iconic for different reasons. And I think a feature that a lot of games are going to steal and something that is new to Red Dead Redemption, the thing I think I'm most excited about is the new like contextual menu, menu thing they have where if you don't have a gun drawn, holding the left trigger, which would usually like start you like aiming your gun, if you don't have a gun drawn, and you pull that left trigger, it now loads into this like contextual menu where like if you're walking up to some event happening, you'll focus in on that event and then the face buttons become like, what do you want to do? Do you want to intimidate? Do you want to help? Do you want to ignore? Like I, I see this being just like so revolutionary. Like games are definitely going to steal this. This is going to be a new paradigm. Like it's such an easy thing to do, but just thinking about like making that contextual button for just like coming upon things in an open world, I think is genius. And I don't know why no one has done it before. Well, the thing that's that really blows my mind about it is if they do indeed have like dialogue options and like a, some sort of morality system, like that's a huge change for Rockstar games because none of them have done that really. That's true. Yeah, they haven't really done a Paragon Renegade. I actually, I think I also read that there's like a, you can choose to bathe or not. And if you don't bathe, people will treat you differently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I've been trying to avoid a lot of like, like, I don't really want to know too much before I start playing it. So I, I have not been like keeping up with whatever has come out about it lately. Because I'm, I'm at the point where I'm ready to just, like, start playing it. And, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, like inevitably, there's going to be those 
like more videos or like people doing streams or like some outlet will get the game like a day early and start playing yeah. it and i just i don't want to see any of that because i don't want to like i want to just like go in fresh and well zach this is where the speculation comes in because this is the next part we're going to talk about i want to know what you think red dead redemption online is going to be well, so that's a good question. Uh, I don't. I'm not super familiar with GTA Online, but I know Red Dead Online is launching in November. So much of GTA Online is like, look at these new cars you can get, or like, look at this new crime operation you can do, and you know they can definitely add horses. But I feel like there's a lot. I am. They're gonna have to get more creative with how they, because GTA Five ha- has such a rich online thing with the microtransactions and whatnot like they've been uh, sustaining rockstar for so long like so many people are dumping money into the online currency of gta 5 and just like living in that world kind of and i think they definitely want red dead redemption 2 to do that as well but i don't know how they do that like i don't know there's not you're definitely there's going to be some sort of online currency i'm sure but I don't know what you're going to be buying with it aside yeah. from better horses, you know? Like yeah, what are, like what's what the is equivalent it? stuff that's going to be ported from GTA over to Red Dead Online? Yeah, and also like there was that rumor about some sort of Battle Royale mode, which we haven't seen anything about because uh, they've been very secretive about what online actually is. And I just, it's, it's a big question mark, you know? Well, yeah, and like I wanted them to do something they've never done and launch the PC version of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 at the same time as their console versions, but mm. they seem anti-PC for some reason, so they... I don't think they're anti-PC. I think it's a scheme to get people to buy the game twice, because I... I, I mean, I when I bought uh, GTA 5, like, right when it came out on Xbox 360, and then when it came out on PC, they were like, hey, guess what? There's, like, first-person mode and all this other stuff, and I almost bought it again on PC, because there was that wait time, because PC is, like, the ultimate edition with like uncapped frame rates and all that other stuff. So I think there it's a scheme to like buy this on console and then buy the real version a year later. I mean, I, I agree with that. And like destiny did that with destiny too, but Mm -hmm. it was like a month later. And then there've been other examples like monster hunter world did the same thing, but it was like more like six months later I don't know. Mm. They always wait so long to release it. But yeah, you're right. That probably is like just sort of a strategy to get people to double dip on the game. But I think it probably works. I'm sure it does. Like that GTA 5 was and probably still has been up to this year consistently like one of the top sellers uh, just like every month. Uh, and so and many that, YouTube channels are just people playing around on GTA Online. Like every day they upload videos of them doing stuff on GTA Online. Yeah, and it's pretty much always in the top 10 in terms of like most viewed, uh, like streamed games. Yeah. So it's like, it's always up there and uh, it seems to almost always be on sale on Steam as well. True, yeah, because they, 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 they need to get you in. They give your claws in you, and then you start you know doing those microtransactions because you're like, oh, I want this insane hat for my character in GTA Online. Like They're giving you the first dose for free pretty much. Yeah, on Steam sales, it's always like it can be as low as like 12 bucks sometimes. 
And the fact that they re-released GTA on like updated hardware and that made it so that they could do first person mode. Mm-hmm. I should mention one of the things I'm most excited about that I almost forgot about until you mentioned that is that Red Dead 2 is going to be completely playable in first person mode. That is also crazy. Yeah, it, I really wanted to buy GTA 5 again just so that I could play it in first person mode. Mm-hmm. I managed to hold off and not do that, but I I don't know. I love when a game like it's the Skyrim thing, right? Where they yeah. just give you the option to switch back and forth and so when it whenever it suits you you can you know be first person or third person i hope they they do have it so that there's basically a button that you can just like quickly you know jump back and forth oh, yeah. and it's not I'm like sure a settings thing where you have to like dive into a menu but uh no i'm sure it'll be like the big button on ps4 or actually that'll probably be the map I don't know. It'll, yeah, it'll probably be bound to some button, like down on the D-pad or something, to change views. Yeah, yeah. Every time I play like Fallout or Skyrim, like whenever I'm just like traveling around the world, I like to be in third-person mode, so I get like a wider field of view. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I can also see my character. But when I'm in combat, I prefer first-person mode. So I'm so excited! It is very exciting, and. It launches Friday, right? Yeah. Well, Thursday at midnight. Yeah. So we're either going to be downloading it and playing it at midnight Thursday night or going out to get it. Still haven't decided. But yeah, I'll be playing it all day Friday, probably most of the day Saturday. I think I might have something going on on Saturday, but otherwise I will be spending all my free time playing Red Dead Redemption (laughs) 2. Uh, do we want to talk about this work culture thing, or should we just go to what we've been playing? Uh, we can mention it. I didn't plan on talking about it for very long, but if you're not aware, it's been kind of a big deal on like Twitter. Uh, after there was like this interview with one of the the guys that works at Rockstar talking about how they'd been pulling like a hundred hour work weeks or whatever. And so that made a lot of people scratch their heads and wonder what the work culture situation was like at Rockstar. And um, a reporter for Kotaku, Jason Schreier, uh, started investigating it. He had actually already been investigating uh, just gaming work culture in, in general. And so he kind of was able to zero in on Rockstar after this kind of mm-hmm. story broke. And uh, so he wrote this big, long thing where he had interviewed like a whole bunch of like current and former employees from Rockstar to uh, ask about what the work culture there is like. And uh, I don't know. I think it's very revealing about like what it takes to make such a big game like the games that Rockstar makes, but this is certainly, mm-hmm. I'm sure, not exclusive to Rockstar. This is like sort of no, it's a industry wide thing. Yeah. Like QA testers and just people in general work insane crunch time hours because of they have to they have to ship games. Yeah, exactly. And they are they're also saying like don't boycott a game just because you know Rockstar is working their employees too hard and because that typically will just hurt the the people who worked on the game it's not going to hurt like the big wigs or whatever because mm-hmm. 
they rely on sales to get bonuses, but also like they worked really hard for a long time. So they want you to see it and enjoy it. So yeah, definitely like go out and buy this game. But just be aware and I guess willing to talk about this whole work culture thing and maybe it will, hopefully things will get better over time, basically. That's all we'll I wanted see. to say about it. Yeah, it's good to bring it up. It's good to talk about because it is a big problem in the industry. Like, And the more people know about it, the more their things can change. But yeah, you have been watching a ton of movies, Zach. Uh, well, I've watched two movies. The, the first one was Mandy, which I actually wrote a review about for a blog called Starside Flicks that is basically what? the um, the movie version of this podcast that we do. But um, it's for school. I had to make a blog about something. So I was like, well, why don't I make a blog that's sort of tied to something I already do? So <laughs> I, I just I basically built this really dumbed down like WordPress blog uh, so that I could write some movie reviews and maybe you should we put a link in the description. Uh, yeah, I should do that. And then maybe if we do like a Starside Flicks episode where we're reviewing a movie, I can go ahead and post it there as well. Yeah, um, we should do that. But yeah, Mandy is kind of a crazy movie. It's got Nicolas Cage in it, which makes sense because he's crazy. <laughs> uh, but it's just visually uh, pretty amazing. Uh, if you yeah, ha- the trailers look insane. Like it's really, really psychedelic. It seems like yeah, like everything's very saturated. Like basically every scene looks like a metal album cover. <laughs> and yeah, you basically you need to see a trailer if you have not seen a trailer for this movie. It's called Mandy, and uh, came out I want to say in September. Maybe it was a little before that, but. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a little long, but, uh, it's an entertaining movie. The other movie I saw was first man. Yes. How was that? Did you like it? Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I wish I'd seen it on IMAX, but we don't have one of those, Mm. uh, because it like has been, or it was shot, um, on IMAX or with IMAX in mind. So, and I hear it, it looks amazing. So uh, I don't know if this is your kind of movie, to be honest. Oh, really? But it's a pop. I mean, he def- he doesn't die or anything. Like, we know he comes back to Earth. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of... I think you would think it was a bummer of a story. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I think that maybe I knew that subconsciously, and that's why I've been avoiding it. But, uh, yeah, he... Um... Seems like it's a bunch of scenes of his wife being like, you have to go to the moon, and he just, like, shrugs at her. I mean, that's a really not great description of it but i guess (laughs) if you want to see it that way that's what happens but but no it like we're so used to getting the sort of history book version of like the moon landing where everybody's like on board and you know kennedy made that speech and so the country you think well you know of course the country was backing this the whole way who wouldn't want to put a man on the moon and of course because we know looking back on it it was a a success we don't really question it and so we're like well yeah why wouldn't you want that um it was a huge success you know we were in the space race you know we wanted to win that and uh but you forget like at the time it was not so certain and like in NASA had all these failures where like people were dying while they were trying to make this dream happen. Like they had that 
uh, shuttle that burnt up and those astronauts mm-hmm. died. They had, there were protests that like this movie is more grounded in that where it's like much more Ironic. taking you back to that time and that space. It's not like the gung ho, like celebratory, you know, patriotic, patriotic waving our flag. Like, look at this um, great thing we did. It's much more like, no, this is like what it felt like to be in that time and space. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gosling is very good in it. Uh, he like, is sort of the straight laced, you know, very stoic version of Neil Armstrong, which is supposed, uh, from what I've heard, very true to what he was actually like or what he is actually mm-hmm. like. So he's not like this um, larger than life personality. He's like this quiet guy that doesn't really uh, talk about his emotions much. He kind of avoids that. And so, um, it's not like a real showy performance, but it's it's a good one. Anyway, I would recommend it, but maybe not to you. <laughs> you think it will be an Oscar contender? I think it could be, uh, especially if not for Ryan Gosling. Um, I forget the name of the actress who played his wife, but uh, Claire Foy. She uh, was really good in that role. And it's not like that sort of boring role that's just sort of like, well, they're following this guy and every now and then they cut back to the emotional wife and you uh, just as sort of a, you know, look how, you know, whatever this is. It's not mm-hmm. it's not sort of that thankless, dumb role. It, there's a lot more depth to it. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if she got nominated for uh, like supporting role. Interesting. So you watch something called Slime. Zach, are you familiar with Isekai subgenre? Of anime, manga, and light novels? Uh, no. Isekai, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is basically a subgenre that has blown up recently that is, uh, it basically means another world or parallel world in Japanese, I believe. And it's the subgenre where a guy, a normal man in Japan, uh, is teleported to another world. And in general... Uh, he gains insane powers in that world and just starts uh, hanging out. And there's a ton of ga- uh, like it's usually like a video game. Like he'll be dropped into his favorite MMO. Yeah, I was I gonna of, like, say this, this sounds this, like the most stereotypical anime ever. Isn't are, yes. aren't most of them sort of akin to that? A lot of anime these days are isekai anime for whatever reason. But I started watching this one called that time i got reincarnated as a slime uh (laughs) and it is about this man who is hanging out in japan he's like a 40 year old guy who's just like chilling out and then he gets stabbed by a random person on the street and dies very horrifically and he wakes up and he's in a fantasy land and he's a slime and he has all these powers for whatever reason i don't think it'll be explained but it does seem like a video game because he has like a basically a computer he's talking to but he has, like, every power, pretty much. And because he's a slime, he can, like, uh, consume things and gain their abilities. So, like, the first, the whole first episode is him just being like, oh, here's all these crazy things in this cave. I'll consume them one by one and become almost godlike. But it's just, it's another just regular isekai uh, anime. Well, and I, well, I, I've I been enjoying it. I don't it. say it, it sounds stereotypical to, like, in a negative sense, because I I love that as an idea, so I'm <laughs> cool with an anime doing that. 
it's definitely it's very power fantasy which i like this one like the the comedy in this one is not super great but uh you know i love a thing where a guy is just constantly blowing people's minds and this is that this is the thing like old school dragon ball where like child goku would just like come to a town and people would be having a problem and then goku would just like one punch man the bad guy and walk off and would be like oh my god but uh this seems like that where people are like no one's ever done this before and then he just does it and everyone's like oh my god yeah uh, this is like exactly made for you this is like your yeah. <laughs> uh entertainment in a nutshell but anyway if you have a crunchyroll subscription check it out there's uh four episodes out right now i think they come out on mondays i want to say mondays or tuesdays but uh it seems like it's going to be good he's still a slime but based on the opening sequence it seems like he eventually learns how to mimic a human form which will be something i'm excited to see but uh yeah that's all i've been watching well i i don't think either of us are going to be watching a whole lot later this week true uh but that is very exciting and i I need to resubscribe to Crunchyroll because I've been missing it, and that would definitely be a show that I would watch. But uh, oh, I have a ton of recommendations for you. It's been a good couple of seasons of anime. I'm sure it has. I I'm bad at not keeping up with it nearly as much as you do. I don't know. I I'm also one of those people that gets home at the end of the day, and I'm like, I should watch something that I haven't seen before here, and then I just turn on The Office again. <laughs> uh, I have a bad habit of doing that, but uh, that does sound like something I would like. So maybe I'll get like a Crunchyroll subscription for Christmas, and then I can just oh. like watch a ton of stuff. Gift Crunchyroll to your friends and family if you haven't. That's general life Please advice. Do. Speaking of advice, I would like you to give us some parting wisdom. Zach, I was thinking about this the other day. Hola means hello in Spanish. Yes. You know, I am alone in my house a lot recently, and I get afraid a lot. And sometimes if I think there's a man, a dangerous man in the house with me, I'll say hello to see if someone responds to me in the darkness. And I realized I've never heard someone say hola as a question before. <laughs> hola? Have, yeah, have you? That sounds wrong to me. Have you ever heard that? No, but I don't hear a lot of Spanish. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. What? I thought it was weird. I guess, like, I'm taking French right now. Would you, like, I guess I don't hear a lot of bonjour? Yeah, it, Which, you never hear way, hello as a question except in American. Pronunciation to begin with, but... I guess you could do that. I'm sure it happens. You should ask your French teacher, like, if you're just, like, speaking into the darkness, do you say hello? Or is there, like, a word? Is it maybe just an American thing that we say hello to no one when we're trying to see if there's, like, a dangerous person in our basement? Or if you're, like, on the phone, but you are you can't hear them, and you're like, hello? Hello? Yeah. Are people just like, hola? Hola? I'm sure they are. Are they, though? I don't know. I mean, maybe they have a different word for it. I know in Japanese, don't they say mushi mushi when they answer the phone? I thought that was like thanks or goodbye or something. No, mm, it's I not. See, I don't know. These are questions we need answered. <laughs> we need a linguist. Oh, do you have any recommend? Oh, you already gave slime as your recommendation. I have a recommendation because for Halloween. 
something oh, you should watch. Have you ever seen the movie Clue? Um, I have seen bits and pieces of, of it on Comedy Central because they used to play it, but I have never sat down and watched the entire movie. It's so ridiculous and so silly and so stupid, but I love it. And I like Tim Curry. I like Tim Curry. Uh, Madeline Kahn's in it. She does a lot of, or did a lot of Mel Brooks movies. She gets a lot of really hilarious lines. I should send you some clips from it, and you should see if you want to watch it or not. But please do. It is a, uh, it's a fun movie, and like it takes obviously the concept of the board game and turns it into a movie where like all these different people. It's got like uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Is that his name? The Doc from back oh, to the yeah. future is in it. a, it's got a, like everybody is basically a famous face and they show up to this big house and there's like this whole murder mystery thing that breaks out and but it because the concept of making a board game a movie is ridiculous they know that and so they make it ridiculous and it's hilarious and i love it and you should definitely watch why do you it. recommend it for halloween uh just because it my version of a Halloween movie is not scary because I don't watch horror movies. So I watch like yeah. Tim Burton movies or a movie mm-hmm. that's like a fake um, murder story. Oh, yeah. I guess it would be about a murder, wouldn't it? Well, and just like at the beginning, they drive up and there's like it's storming and it's like this tense sort of scary like oh like there's murder and there's this mystery going on and who's gonna murder who and what's gonna happen like nobody's safe but it's all like a sham and it's like (laughs) because it's a comedy so that that's the kind of halloween movie i watch maybe i'll check it out i have been looking for something not so scary to watch on halloween so maybe i will check that out perfect all right anyway if you have recommendations, let us know in the comments or send us an email at starsidecafe at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and maybe you can send us a message there or tweet at us. Slide into our DMs. Yeah, you can slide into the DMs, as they say, as all the kids are saying. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. We will catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.